0: We are at the ISM 2016 conference with the Institute of Supply Management, and we are very pleased to have with us Tom Deary, who is CEO of the ISM. Tom's been on our show before. This is our third year at uh, the ISM conference. They've been around for 101 years, so they've got a few years on us. But, Tom, welcome to the show. It's always great to be back. Thanks, Tim. It's a pleasure to have you here. And this has been really a power-packed show. And, again, as last year, you introduced the mastery model. Uh You've done some spectacular upgrades. What was new and hot this year? I'll let you tell it because I already know it, but it's really exciting.
1: (laughs) Well, we're extending what we do to the mastery model, actually. So thanks for mentioning that by rolling out a new e-learning platform. And, uh, frankly, we've got a vision for it. We call it EISM. But it has, we have a vision for it that it will be the app store, if you will, of training and development in our profession. So we'll own branded ISM content on that platform, but others can – because we're not going to be the experts in everything. You might, we might find somebody who knows a lot more about Six Sigma than we do mm-hmm. and put their content on the platform for the benefit of all of ISM's members and customers.
0: Wow, that's, that's very neat. That's a great development. Yeah. That's a great development.
1: And it all integrates back with the mastery model, so the – you know, when you're doing an assessment, which you can do on the EISM platform now and find out where you want to focus your opportunities to improve, well, then you can find that content, whether it's ISM content or somebody else's, on the platform. So it, it's uh, it's a nicely integrated model, and, and we've tried to take a holistic approach to the learning and development you know, requirements that we have as a profession and provide an integrated suite of products. Yeah,
2: just expanding on what you've already been doing for 100 years and constantly improving that. That's well, thank
1: wonderful. you. And, and, and of course, it's digital delivery, so mm-hmm. how people want to consume information right? right, in, right. in today's world.
0: Now, ISM, uh, we had um, Jim Barnett, is that correct? Jim Barnes. Jim Barnes, yep. sorry, uh, on earlier. And we were talking, he was talking about kind of like the three-legged stool. He's ISM Services. Give us a picture of ISM and its component parts so we understand
1: it. Right. So, the, you know, the broadest level, there's ISM, the Professional Society, the membership organization, the 101-year-old organization. Um, we have a very close partnership with CAPS Research, which is, you know, that, that research staff, which is um, a joint venture of ASU, Arizona State University, and ISM. Okay. Is housed in our offices in Tempe. The, the, the staff works there. Deb? Uh, Stanton, who is the Executive Managing Director of CAPS Research, reports to me, and uh, the research staff is actually employed by Arizona State. So we work very closely together on research topics that are applied research on behalf of the profession. So the unique thing that CAPS still does and has done for 30-plus years now is uh, identify topics that are top of mind for CPOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, These are new questions that we're dealing with. We don't haven't figured it out yet. I wonder what else someone else might be doing. And so that applied research topic, done with the rigor of academic analysis. So it's it's substantive. They can rely on the results. Um, they know they can implement the results. Uh, we can do it in a confidential way, so that people get the benefit of the best thinking without, you know, sharing uncomfortable information. Right. And and so that's the second leg. And then ISM Services is an organization that exists to to customize what we do. So where I mentioned EISM earlier. That's what you, know, you could call that the off-the-shelf stuff mm-hmm. that we have, right? And then there are companies who have, you know, particular requirements of their industry or their business, and ISM Services particularly is, exists to give them you know, the ability to, to take the the uh, foundational offering and then. Uh, Adapt it to the unique circumstances that they have, you know, business cases and use cases and so forth.
2: Effectively uh, customizing, yeah, uh, the product
1: exactly. Very neat. Yeah.
0: Now you also have some uh, unique training modules. Some of them are seven to ten minutes in length. Yeah. Some of them are longer than that. All feeding into this lifetime of learning.
1: So we were um, uh, looking at where we wanted to take, you know, the this new business, and we found that there really two important trends when it comes to, you know, adult learning and, and, and on a digital platform. Uh, in the YouTube generation, I don't know about you guys, but when I need to fix the plumbing back at my house, what do I do? I go on YouTube, I try to find a video, right? Right, <laughs> right. That does not guarantee success, by the way. <laughs> I tend to call the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, but that's, I mean, people, right, they expect almost instantaneous access to practical, usable information. Yep. We yep. call that just-in-time learning. Right. And, you know, I mean, an example might be I need to do a should-cost model really quickly, and hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit rusty, or maybe I haven't done one before. Can I get a 15-minute overview of what are the components, you know, or a 10-minute overview? Indeed. So So that's one area that where people just need, you know, I've got an immediate need. I have a limited amount of time I can spend on the topic, and, and we can help them with that. And then a little bit more traditional format is what we call guided learning. And typically, we would have a cohort of 20 or 25 people in a course that would last anywhere from three to five weeks, depending on the, on the topic. Um, you would have peer-to-peer interaction with the other members of the cohort. They could be working at your company or at other companies. Hmm. One, hour interu- uh, one hour per week interaction with an instructor who goes over the exercises About 30 minutes per day, typically, in exercises and applied exercises. Uh, And then maybe 30 minutes of homework, if you will, right, at home. One hour a week with the instructor. And uh, over the course of time, you'll you'll come to master in a more in-depth way, um, you know, a broader topic or a deeper topic. And uh, we find that this fits in well with the corporate academies that many companies have, for instance. And they have um, requirements for their their employees to have a, a, a depth of knowledge and, and to be able to apply that in a particular area, so that's well suited.
2: So your organization, ISM, has fifty thousand uh, members, uh, cross-country. Uh, how many of them are in beginning to get involved in the, the, the new cyber ISM?
1: Well, quite a quite a lot. I did an interview um, a while back, and which I talked about the way you know. You may have noticed at this event compared to prior years, we've got a lot more young people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So we've been successful in beginning to reach out to them, and uh, I I talk about the requirement to be able to to meet them where they are. Where do they live? You know, they live on their mobile phones mostly. Yes. Right. And and uh, and they expect to be able to get to content quickly. And have it practical and relevant content. So um, that's that's a big step of where we're going. We're seeing the mastery model after one year now increasingly adopted by companies, usually as a starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't they, they tell people that it's it's perfect as is for every organization. You're going to mm-hmm. have to configure. I'm uh, seeing more and more companies do that. They use the assessments to test the level of skills in their organizations, and then come up with plans to address any gaps. Um, so that's going very well, and now with EISM as a supporting platform behind that, we've really got the ability to deliver you know, contemporary uh, methodology for learning. So we use animation, mm-hmm. we use lecture style, we use uh, video uh, formats, uh, and uh, uh, so we mix and match it, and uh, I think you'll find, actually, if you go on there, that you'll have a, you'll eventually recognize some characters. You know, some, <laughs> some, some, some folks, we're not Disney exactly, but <laughs> but you, you'll begin to recognize some familiar faces. I saw Spielberg a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're actually pretty proud of that. And uh, the product development effort doesn't stop. You know, no. uh, we wanted to be in a position to make this announcement at our conference because it's our big platform. Uh, but uh, that is a continuous process. Uh, and uh, we're, we're really proud and pleased. I,
2: I would think that the EISM would be a, uh, probably a faster start considering s- so many people have joined in the mastery role.
1: Yeah, I uh, think that's true. A year ago. And, and uh, the other thing we've done is we tried to make it very easy for people to do business with us. So for $15 a month, you can subscribe to the that just-in-time learning piece. Mm, wow. we'll, we can, we'll be uh, continuously adding new content. Uh, In in that area, the just-in-time area. And so you'll always have something new to look at. No
2: wonder wonder why they're (laughs) (laughs) non-profit.
1: Hey, no profit, no mission, right? Right, that's right.
0: You mentioned something, Tom, that I don't think has been widely heard. Correct me if I'm wrong. uh, The corporate title of CPO. Yeah. Is that something relatively new in the industry because the supply chain is moving from the the back office to the C-suite? Uh, within the last 10 years. Okay. But uh, it, there clear, it was clearly a shift toward
1: well, a couple of things. A shift towards recognizing the leader as a C-level executive with that title, CPO, uh, and increasingly reporting directly to the CEO. And I mentioned CAP's research earlier. They've done research on this uh, over a number of years. Uh, in uh, 80% of CPOs today uh, in across the United States report directly to the CEO. And the, and the rest report within one level, right? So mm-hmm. that tells you right away how important companies regard the function. Yes,
0: clearly. Yeah. And clearly, from what I'm seeing, again, last year with the mastery model, this year with EISM, you guys are way out in front. I mean, we're talking about the, the skills gap and how do we uh, solve the skills gap. And in supply chain, ISM is just way out in front of doing that. I'd like to congratulate you on it.
1: Well, thank It's quite a compliment. And and uh, You know, we identified areas where we knew that there was a need. You know, we were hearing it from our members all the time. And we said, right, we're going to do it, right? We'll Make this a priority, and it's important to us. And we have this 101-year-old history, but we need to stay relevant and current in order to ensure that we have another 101 years ahead of us. Yeah, clearly.
2: Well, the speed at which things are changing in our society and our business models and so on, is so rapid that uh, you need... A, a product and a, a platform that you folks have put out.
1: Well, thank you, and, and, and yeah, just as a business leader in general, absolutely. You know, it's adapt or die, yep. right? And, right, and and uh, we understand that. Mm-hmm. And and frankly, even though we are not for profit, mm-hmm. we have a lot of competitors, and they're very good. Mm-hmm. You know, and hmm. they're for profit competitors. There are other not for profit competitors, management consulting firms. Uh, so you know, on the one hand, that means that the supply space. Is highly attractive to a number of different companies, right? Right. And organizations, but that means we have to be on our toes because you know our members have lots of good choices out there, mm-hmm. and, and unless we're competitive, you know, we won't be around to serve.
2: Of the fifty thousand members, uh, how many companies does that represent, or is that the number of companies?
1: No, that, those are the individual members. Right. Um, it's some. Last time I looked, it's somewhere around five thousand companies. Mm-hmm. It might be a little higher than that mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so on average, that would be what ten members per company. But yeah. we tend to see lots of individual members, and then we, through our corporate program, we have uh, you know this enterprise to enterprise relationship, this B two B relationship, if you will, right. with some companies, and we tend to get um, large groups in in that program.
0: Um, Tom, what? What does ISM see as the single greatest challenge going forward in 2016? I don't know if we, you know, 2017 may still be in the, the gray matter, but what are the, what's the challenge in supply chain going forward?
1: Well, there, there are a couple. I mean, the opportunity I see. I mean, just to invert the question a little bit, right? Is that uh, increasingly I see CPOs uh, very willing recognizing the necessity and very willing to step up to the challenge of accepting a broader remit, a broader mandate from the companies. Mm-hmm. You know, historically it was all about get me the lowest cost,
0: right? Right. right. And that, that right. that's the
1: class, classic function. And you know, in the 80s and 90s when we were focused on moving manufacturing offshore to get that lower labor cost, that was the focus. Right. Well, that opportunity has been fully you know, exploited, if you right. will. Right. And and so companies realize now, well, cost is never going to go away. It's a focus. It's critical. Um, they're layering in, if you will, a focus in these other areas where clearly the chief procurement officer is the person in that organization is the best organization to help the company deal with these challenges. So an example would be uh, sustainability. You know, uh, Nestle was in the news recently because they self-disclosed. That they traced their supply chain for shrimp and fish all the way back to Thailand and found there was forced labor at that level. Right. Uh. Right. So um, that's not where you want to be, obviously. Right. Um, and companies know that consumers tend to punish firms that they feel are not acting in sort of as a good global citizen. Right. Uh, and there are many, many other examples, and there are headlines in the newspaper virtually every day around these kind of topics. Well, who is the person ultimately responsible for identifying those potential risks and Mm -hmm. mitigating them and eliminating them? That's the CPO. And, in fact, as the company's business model has shifted and their cost structure has moved more and more to outside the four walls of the firm, Mm -hmm. um, that CPO and his or her organization is best positioned, better than anybody, to understand what that ecosystem looks like, where they can find innovation, Right, where the risks lie, where the sustainability opportunities and challenges, and, and how do we do that? Because you know CEOs understand that I may not recover from a reputational hit. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and since that's the case, they, they absolutely need um, their, their procurement leaders to step up and accept all of those challenges. And finally, the, the other area I'd point to is financial performance. We've often been uncomfortable talking about finance and procurement. We've also faced some challenges around, you know, not seeing eye to eye in our language with web, the language the CFO uses. You know, we would claim cost savings, we would use t- that didn't seem to materialize because we might negotiate a great contract, but maybe this rogue spend, and so we're not seeing the actual savings materialize. Right. Or, or we would talk about cost avoidance, which can be very important, but a CFO doesn't want to hear about cost avoidance. He wants to see what actual cost is, right? Mm-hmm. So we're increasingly stepping up to. Uh, accept our responsibility to contribute driving through improving profits to earnings per share, right, and being able to directly connect the activities and procurement to that improved EPS number. So a, a fourth example of how I see the opportunity set um, in- increasing for people in our function, uh, and but the challenge too, because those means learning new skills, mm-hmm. being comfortable with different kinds of conversations, uh, being able to engage with the not just stakeholders, but shareholders. Right. Um, so it's it's a different world, and you know, great organizations. There are many examples of great CPOs who are fully embracing that agenda.
2: And things are going to continue changing, as I mentioned uh, earlier.
0: They, they certainly will, Tom. I know that you have got a tight schedule. We appreciate you taking the time you've taken with us. Uh, ISM conference uh, and the organization is, uh, is in my opinion, second to none. Uh, in terms of people getting an opportunity to really look. You know, so many employees say, gosh, I joined this company, but what's my career path? Mm-hmm. And when you go into supply chain, it's pretty clear. Yeah. The opportunity is incredible. Yeah. So thank you for joining us Well, uh, thanks for your kind words. And thank it's you. Great Tom. to have you here. Great.
2: And we'll see you in Orlando next year. Can't wait to see you there. It'll be fun. Yeah. Great. Thank thanks you again, okay. Tom. Well, bye-bye. bye-bye.